Well, you know, having a really solid like business plan, uh, knowing your competition, so doing a thorough like competitive analysis and uh, figuring out a good business model, having strong advisors, having a good team, I think really number one. Those are all really helpful. Um, It's not just an idea, like it has to be very well thought of before you actually go and um, spend years and hours of your life into it. Yeah. everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight-figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Heidi Safieri. And uh, Heidi, um, uh, just as a quick intro, graduated, uh, I think, college, if I remember right, at 16 years old, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, and then uh, moved to uh, uh, moved to Canada from Iran, uh, got into competitive swimming and uh, study, I think, uh, kinesiology. I had to take a second to remember how to pronounce it, but the kinesiology um, graduated and worked for a, a private healthcare uh, provider for a, a while. And then uh, mom was going through cancer a couple times and found out um, about that and uh, wanted a way to solve um, the problem of kind of how you're providing care and then and how that system goes. So went back to school um, around 2015 and then uh, started consulting with a healthcare startup. Um, COVID hit and decided uh, she would uh, do her own thing. So with that, uh, welcome on the podcast, Heidi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I just condensed what would, is a much longer journey into a, a very uh, short 30 seconds. So let's unpack that a bit. So um, tell us a little bit about how your journey got started in Iran and graduated from high school and how you or, and how things got going from there. Yeah, for sure. So I moved um, to Canada in 1996 uh, with my family after graduating high school and um, sat in first year college here. Um, at, you know, at 17. So that was challenging, starting a, you know, different language, uh, first year university. And um, my background was in swimming. So automatically, I was interested to learn more about the human body. So that's why I went into kinesiology and um, ended up doing a master's in cardiac rehab, um, worked in private healthcare for 15 years in cardiac rehab. And um, on the personal side, during this time, um, a few years after we moved to Canada, my mom was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer, following by thyroid cancer a couple of years later. And um, it was hard, you know, finding, um, navigating the healthcare system because she needed different, um, different services. And initially, I thought it's just because, you know, my parents are not good in English and, you know, all the burden is on me and um, it's just hard navigating the system. But later, when I started working um, in healthcare myself, I realized it wasn't just us. Um, it's it's uh, challenging for everybody. It's not really clear um, where to start, especially when it comes to the holistic health services. A lot of people are not sure who exactly does what or to start because we were getting a lot of people who were coming to us saying um do you know where i can find um you know a certain thing and we would spend so much time on google or you know asking around and uh, which was not a very good search um to put it short <laughs> so so i always wanted to solve this issue um 
I didn't know where to start myself. I went back to school at 2015. Let me just, yeah, dive in really yeah. quick there because you've been, I think you've been working for 15 years, is that right? Or how long have you been out of school working? Uh, around that time. So I worked as a clinician for 15 years. And when I was doing my MBA, I was still working. Hmm. And um, and it was a, it was a uh, executive MBA um, global, and we got to do different residencies across North and South America. Ended up as part of my project launching a digital health technology platform in Mexico City, and then after that, um, we got and on- just just to dive in, just because I had a question on that, because you know, so you were a clinician, worked for fifteen years. Now, when you went to get the MBA, and then you were doing, as you mentioned, you're doing the MBA while you were still doing or doing clinical, yeah. the full-time job. Exactly. And when you went to get the MBA, was it, hey, I want to shift gears. I want to start working in the healthcare startups. And that was the intent. Or was it just, hey, I'd like to have a bit more business background or another degree so I can get a promotion or kind of what started you on the journey of getting the MBA before you, before you dove into the startups? Well, just, just to expand my knowledge on the business side, right? Because as a clinician, I had no idea, right? And because it was an executive program, uh, they, the way it worked, you know, there was a group of people from different industries and they formed the groups based on your industry. So as a result of, you know, me being in healthcare for that long, I was given a project um, to work with a bunch of other people in my team that were coming from technology business background and me from health background mm. to real to work with a real um, con- uh, you know a consulting project which was a health technology startup. Um, so that experience, I was like, oh, I can I can do this, you know, I can I can create something like this and solve this gap that I've seen all these years. Um, so after that, I got involved with startups, uh, more consulting projects. No, let me just dive in maybe with one more question. Just yeah. because. So you're doing the M- executive MBA. So usually that's nights or weekends and you're doing your full time job. You got involved, you know, doing a bit of consulting with the healthcare startups as you're doing the MBA. You know, at what point or kind of what was the trigger to say, hey, I'm going to jump over to this full time or I'm no longer going to be a clinician? Or what was that transition? Was it just one day said, I'm done, I'm switching careers and I'm, I'm all out? Or is it, hey, I've got my MBA and I'm graduating, I got an opportunity, I made an offer? Or kind of how did you make that transition from doing clinician? You know, I get that they're all related in the healthcare industry, but how did you make that transition or that decision? Yeah, for sure. So after I graduated um, in the same um, clinic that I was working, I, I my role switched um, to a um, up, like a uh, another role, business intelligence, doing business intelligence for them, and um, a year. Well, and then at the beginning of COVID, a couple of years ago, uh, right before COVID, it was acquired by a, a big corporation. And, um, and that's when my career ended as a clinician. So I was kind of, it was, it was, it was the perfect timing for me to say, okay, this is, this chapter is closed. Um, and now it's time to, to start this on my own. And it was right at the beginning of COVID. Uh, so it was perfect timing. So that's when Prompt Health started. So I say, okay, this is perfect timing. So one or one is backing up just a little bit and I get to the perfect timing with COVID and make that transition. But when you, so you got the MBA, if I understand, went back to school, got that, started consulting with healthcare startups. Were you still a clinician at the time or had you made that a full-time gig? 
No, I, so when I finished my MBA, I, my, my role switched. I was working um, in business intelligence in the same okay. clinic. And then when um, the clinic got acquired, um, my, uh, I got packaged out basically. So my job ended there. Oh. And uh, so I was basically, that was, that was why it was perfect timing. <laughs> so now you say, okay, that's wrapping up. Now, when you got into it, was it, how did you, you know, there's a difference when you're working for someone else. And even if you're getting an MBA, doing a big consulting versus, hey, I'm going to start a whole new business and I'm going to yeah. get that up and running, build a platform and do all that. So as you're diving into that, you know, how did you, de- how did you decide that I'm, that's what you're going to focus on or that's what you're going to do or, and how did you kind of get that ball kicked off of, it may be perfect timing, but you still have to figure out a whole bunch of how to get a platform up and running. So how did that kind of transition go for you? Oh, God. So starting from, well, you know, the idea was there and I was working on the idea and, you know, making a business plan around it uh, for a while. Um, and I think the ideation stage takes a while and figuring out the right business model. And um, initially, I, I had a, a family member who was a technology expert and he um, I started the project with him uh, to make me like a prototype. And soon I learned this is not a one person job and I need a whole team. So um, I outsourced the pro- uh, project uh, to um, offshore and um, to make like a my initial prototype. And um, I had to build out like, you know, an algorithm and start like surveying people and getting feedback and, um, you know, create content and all, all that uh, to give to the, the technology team that was offshore. And that took several months. And that took, of course, uh, more than was expected. So it was initially supposed to be three months, and, you know, and there being eight months. And uh, it was very, very challenging working with offshore teams. So um, I got like grants through government. I was able to hire someone in-house and took over the project, gave it to this guy. Um, and we started, you know, making it better and improving it. And um, then I got more grants and I hired some interns um, to help me on the business and marketing side. And once we started getting some traction with social media and we already had our um, minimum viable product, that's when um, I raised fund. Um, and um, so I, I went for uh, my first round and um, I had, um, uh, you know, advisors that knew me and um, from both health and business background. Um, and that's when I was able to, you know, get more people on the technology side and built like the, the, both the tech team and the business team. Hmm. And I keep making the product better and better. Um, and the, the te- te- technology side itself, I can write a whole book on it. <laughs> and it will be a comic book because it was very, very challenging as a non-tech founder uh, to build a, a technology company. And, and this, is, this is why, you know, interesting to have this conversation with you because I know you, ha- you start with a lot of startups. You talk with a lot of startups and um, people don't know the challenges behind the scene. <laughs> And everybody right. is like, oh, well, go start a startup. It's, um, it, it's always easier when there's a co-founder involved or, um, you know, and I was the only founder. So that was one of the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so. so now that you, you say, you, so you make the leap, you know, you go into, 
getting into the startup, doing the, you know, your own thing, you, you have the least educational, you know, background and you have the experience in the medical industry, and you take the leap at COVID, start out as a one person yeah. show, so to speak, and they're building that. So now kind of bring us up to where, where you're at today. So is it out in the market and you're bringing on customers or is it launch, is it beta? Um, you know, how's it gone? Kind of give us a bit of an update as to where, what the status is today. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we officially launched it in October and um, of last year. So it's now just over a year into it. Um, and, um, you know, Prompt Health is about connecting uh, people to all kinds of health and wellness services based on individualized needs um, and enabling providers to um, promote themselves in a better way because the market is very fragmented um, mm-hmm. and um, so, so as we built that and we started, you know, uh, being more active on social media and I have to say, I knew nothing about social media zero. So I started, um, you know, learning about all kinds of platforms last year and, um, and, you know, living through COVID, that was kind of the only way, um, to, to market yourself. Um, and, what we learned over the past year was that a lot of these health and wellness providers are either not on social media or if they are, they're not super active. There's a very selected number of them that are active. Hmm. Um, and then the people that are super active are not necessarily expert um, health providers. Um, uh, so, and, you know, the, the number of times I was in clubhouse rooms or things I see on TikTok, people giving mental health advice and where we have counselors and psychologists not necessarily doing that, I was like, okay, wait a second, we need to um, make this easier. So, uh, so these guys actually do it. So we started having those conversations, did a survey uh, from the providers on our platform and, um, um, and um, did some focus groups. And I, uh, I, we, have, we also have a podcast um, at Prompt Help where I interviewed um, 65 health professionals um, and I did a number of live IG. So I talked to over hundred health experts and I asked every single one of them, do you think it's clear? Do people know about your services and where to start? And they mostly said no. And I said, and then, so on the survey, we said, okay, if um, what's the barrier in you not, you know, giving more, uh, knowledge on social and the, the biggest barrier was time uh, because as we know like you know video is not for everyone and it's you know one of the main things that people are uh, creating um, a social media so we said okay if we create uh, easier tools on this platform that we've already created uh, so we make it easier for the health professionals to create content that would be helpful so over the past six months, we were, uh, which brings us to now, which is the uh, rollout of uh, Prompt Health 2.0, which is our new version. Um, we added um, content creation features uh, to, to Prompt Health. Um, so it looks very similar to Twitter or LinkedIn, um, where you can you know, um, provide, where the providers can provide knowledge in a form of like text or blog or event, um, and, um, you know, basically get to talk about their niche or specialty, um, and, 
um, when the when the clients are you know looking for something, they get to learn directly from these guys that are already part of a vetted, trusted platform. Um, and when the need arises, they can connect with them. Um, so we made it easier. Um, we just rolled it out. We're actually you know just you know talking about it uh, on different platforms uh, this this week. Um, and um, we're hoping that more and more health, um, you know, providers uh, from across North America join us um, to um, pro- to talk about their specialty and their niche, so people can learn from them as opposed to having to randomly search for it on Google or hear from friends or um, you know places that are not necessarily by expert people. Hmm. No, that, that makes that makes perfect sense. So. Well, awesome. Well, that's kind of a, a fun walkthrough and catches us up to where you guys are at today and a little bit even of where you guys are headed. So um, definitely, uh, it sounds like a, a fun journey. So with that, uh, now we'll go ahead and uh, transition over to the uh, two questions I always ask at the end of each podcast. So with that, the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? And what did you learn from it? <laughs> The worst business decision was uh, to work with the offshore team. <laughs> it was it was terrible, um, and um, and also like if I could have a co-founder from scratch, like from day one, I would have. It's kind of too late for it now. You can't go like after like a year and a half into a business. Um, it's, it's kind of too late. So the, the burden on a solo founder um, of, you know, working 16 hours a day <laughs> catches up to you. Um, yeah. And so what I learned from it is surround yourself with a really strong team that you can trust um, from the beginning instead of trying to do everything by yourself. Um, and uh, I have very strong advisors, which was very helpful. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely uh, think that that uh, is something to learn from. And, and having that, you know, there is a, a temptation with offshoring that, hey, it's going to be less expensive. Maybe it'll get done quicker and it'll be a great, uh, you know, great experience. And sometimes it's true and you can find those teams, but a lot of times it's harder to manage. You have more of a language barrier. You can, you know, you know, you're not located in the same area. And so it does provide those, um, you know, additional layers of work and difficulty. And sometimes it doesn't work out as well. So definitely makes sense that uh, that's a lesson learned. So with that, now the second question I always ask is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, well, you know, having a really solid like business plan, uh, knowing your competition, so doing a thorough like competitive analysis and uh, figuring out a good business model, having strong advisors, having a good team, I think really number one. Hmm. Uh, those are all really helpful. Um, it's not just an idea, like it has to be very well thought of before you actually go and um, spend years and hours of your life into it. Yeah. No, I think that that's, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of times you think, oh, I have to go it alone or, well, you know, I don't have the time to find an advisor. Who's going to want to help me or who's going to lend a hand? And I think that more often than not, you'll find a lot of people that are, are willing to give you a, or feedback or be a sounding board or give you advice or help out, or you can find a founder or co-founder or someone else. But there's a myriad of different ways to get that, uh, that um, mentorship that a lot of times it makes it so that you're able to get that much farther along that much quicker and not make as many mistakes. So I definitely think that's yeah. a piece of advice. 
Yeah, and also like strategic advisors, right? So um, if there are if there are people in your industry um, and that know your industry really well, they understand what you're trying to solve. I think that's one way of approaching it. And then the other way, having advisors that on, on things that you know you're not good at and you need handholding. Um, so like, you know, for me coming from healthcare, having someone from healthcare was really good, but also having someone from finance strategy, like that, that was really helpful. Um, and then later on, I was able to, um, find an expert in technology as well. So just like having a well-rounded uh, team is really important. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So with that, as we, as we wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to uh, be an, a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you, connect up to you, or find out more? Yes, for sure. So our, um, our website uh, is, uh, well, the name of the company is Prompt Health, uh, prompthealth.ca or prompthealth.co. And um, it's also in the App Store, uh, Prompt Health. Um, it's open in Canada right now, but we'll open it in US soon. And um, we are also on every social media platform. We're very active on Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and um, Clubhouse, um, TikTok, everywhere. <laughs> YouTube, <laughs> you name it. We're everywhere. Yeah. So it's awesome. easy to Yeah. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out to connect. If you can use their services, definitely do so. And uh, otherwise you can make a new best friend. So in all, in any, all the cases, thank you for coming on the podcast. Now for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Um, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. A couple more things, make sure to, as a listener, make sure to like, subscribe and share because we want to make sure that everybody finds out about all of our awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else to do business, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, uh, Heidi, for coming on. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was great. Absolutely. Absolutely.